Welcome to this episode of the Middle Market Growth Conversations podcast, where we look at trends impacting mid-sized companies and the influencers behind their success. I'm Katie Mulligan, Associate Editor of Middle Market Growth Magazine, and I'm here again with Deborah Cohen, the magazine's Editor-in-Chief. Deb, who'd you talk to for this week's podcast? Katie, I talked with Mike Stevens. He's CEO and co-founder of Founders Brewing Company. They're based in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and they're a craft brewer. Uh, Mike was participating in Great Lakes Capital Connection, which is one of ACG's conferences, so we got to speak to him uh, on the sideline. Seems like an interesting time to be talking to someone like Mike. Um, I, I recently read that the Brewers Association has said that it's launching a Take Craft Back campaign, which is its effort to raise $213 billion to buy Anheuser-Busch InBev, which it looks like it's more of a stunt in response to AB InBev's recent acquisitions of craft breweries, but I think it really shows the attitudes in the market right now surrounding craft beer. Yeah, I think craft beer has always been somewhat irreverent. I think uh, the customers of craft brewers are very loyal. So the the challenge that brewers like founders face as they grow and they attract outside capital is how do they preserve the culture and the following that they've maintained over the years. Um, founders has been able to do that despite the fact that they do now have outside capital and they have some very interesting ways that they have been able to maintain their following, um, which in some respects is like a cult following. I mean, sometimes when they release a new uh, specialty beer, they have lines that um, that go around the block. So it's really an interesting phenomenon. And I'm certainly a, a big fan of Founders Beers myself, so I'm looking forward to learning more about the company and its backstory from Mike. So let's get into it. Here is Deb speaking with Mike Stevens of Founders Brewing. I'm with Mike Stevens, CEO of Founders Brewery here in Grand Rapids. We're here at ACG's Great Lakes Capital Connection, and you're here to talk about some trends in craft brewing. So we're yeah. happy to have snagged you before your event and get the get Certainly. the lowdown. Yeah. Um, maybe you could start by just telling us a little bit about the history of Founders and um, you know how you got your start in craft brewing. Yeah. You know, I, it's an interesting industry in that I think it's you know it was really started as a bunch of hobbyists. So. Um, probably 25, 30 years ago, I was home brewing, and that's what inspired me to uh, build a business plan and, and, and see if I could, uh, you know, start a brewery essentially. And that's really the, the very foundation of this industry has been built that way. So we started um, 20 years ago. Today is our, or this year is our 20th anniversary. Congrats. Um, yeah, thanks. It, it was a lot of hard work. It took us 12 years before we even got our head above water, um, before we broke even. So um, in the earlier days, it was definitely a challenge. You had to um, really kind of push the product and, and you had to convince people to drink craft beer. Uh, nowadays, of course, it's a little different. Um, now the consumer is definitely pulling it. Um, but we've managed over the 20 years to uh, build our brewery from obviously zero cases sold to now millions and millions of cases sold. We are the um, 11th largest craft brewer in the country. That's huge. Um, wow. This year growing at 32% year to date. So we see top 10 probably by the close of this year. Is that not. on pace with your growth in, in recent years? Yeah, we've been... Um, We've been fortunate. Um, craft has slowed down a bit, as we all are aware in our industry. Um, 
but if you really dissect it, there's still a lot of accelerated growth uh, within the industry. If you take out a few um, of the top, you know, uh, producers um, that are flat, and that volume starts to bring growth up into the double digits then. So it's how you slice and dice it, I guess. But What's your distribution like? Are you primarily, I mean, I know um, among Michigan Michiganians, Michiganites, Michiganders, 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 you have um, a pretty loyal following, including some of the people in our Chicago office who are from Michigan. When you say founders, they have their favorite beer, and they talk about. Good to hear. They talk about you know some of the special (laughs) one-offs that you do that people stand in line for. So it's still largely. a regional business? Yeah, I, I mean, the industry is definitely dissected that way. Now, we, um, most of your top 15 uh, larger brewers are, are all on a national level. So we are distributed distributing into 47 states, and we are also in 26 countries. Um, you know, so we've definitely spread our wings. We've been fortunate enough to been, be in the industry long enough where we were able to uh, you know, um, plant those seeds a while a while back. I think now the challenges are a little um, a little harder to to try and create mm-hmm. a national brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so we saw a window of opportunity that existed for us probably ten years ago and started to spread out distribution. Um, and you do it organically, or how, how what's we, your capital structure? Yeah, well, we we certainly um, are not adverse to debt. Um, We've built the company that way. Uh, of course, there was definitely a dozen years where we, we couldn't talk to banks. Um, so that side of the mm-hmm. equation was equity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I became very good, I think, at, at, at um, convincing people that they should invest in a brewery. Roadshows. I felt like that was my career. You brought product samples to roadshows. I didn't even think I was selling <laughs> beer so much as selling a dream. But... Um, once, once the you know the 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 switch was flipped over and, and we started to gain some momentum there, then the banks became interested. So now um, we are you know we we do a lot of our expansion, a lot of our capital investments um, you know come from debt financing. So um, are you still control? Do you still control the business, or um, is it third party investors? Yeah, no, we we control the business. Um, you know as founder of the company I have a partner as well and we're still very active in the business um, and you know we did sell 30 uh, percent to a Spanish brewer um, this was uh, three years ago uh, they've been wonderful partners they're they're the largest brewery in Spain do they distribute your product in Spain? They, they help us internationally um, they have uh, you know really global distribution uh, but they don't distribute in the U.S., so it was a, it was really a great fit for us because um, I think you see a lot of the acquisitions um, that are taking place over the last zero to five years, um, and it, it, in it's typically if it's a synergistic uh, relationship, there are big breweries that mm. want to come in and, and and talk distribution, control distribution, and and start to control product. We felt very comfortable with Mao San Miguel. This is the the brewers that we've partnered with, um, they they were enamored by our business practices. They do not distribute in the United States, so they kind of looked at us and said, 
we don't know how to do what you do. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be fun. We're going to watch and learn. And it's been a great relationship. Now, certainly we can learn from them um, in terms of production and and just scale that they have um, allows us and has allowed us to work closely with them and and, and learn, um, you know, how bigger companies might structure things and work. Right, right. How has um, the business of craft brewing um, changed since you um, have gotten, since you got your start 20 years ago? I mean, is it, um, you know, you talk about the the public embracing um, craft uh, beers a lot more, and there's so much more awareness, but it's a lot more competitive, right? So Mm -hmm. how do you, like, how do you create your... um, loyal following I guess yeah. that, that's a really important important part of the business so so yep. how do you do that well um, craft is still um, you know relatively a young industry obviously and it, it's still there's still a lot of beards and tattoos out there <laughs> and that's you know so it, I think by default it, it's just a fun industry and it brings in characters um, yeah. you know male female all walks of life um, and I think that excitement is what captures the hearts of consumers. And, you know, it certainly has changed over the years in that our consumer base is, is growing. It's getting larger. Um, back in the day, I would say we were selling more to what we used to call beer geeks, the real nucleus yes. of craft. Yes. The very craft-centric folks was the only consumer we had. And we... Um, we were one of them basically we became very close with that group um, social media there's various websites that we were active on and we were a part of those conversations about you know how do you brew this with double chocolates and coffees and oatmeals and you know <laughs> so we were just as excited about that and just as passionate that they um, those earlier adopters adopted us um, and they were the largest sewing circle for this industry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, once we became the darlings of, of that world by making really kind of forward pushing um, products um, we basically just kind of deserved and put ourselves on stage when there wasn't that many doing really eccentric wild kind of beers um, as it grew, obviously, uh, businesses grow, and, and you have to mature, and you have to start looking at different at things differently. Um, we found that you know this this craft segment uh, was was starting to hit a broader audience. Maybe some importer you know import mm-hmm. drinkers were coming into the mm-hmm, space. Mm-hmm. Um, people that just liked a little bit of a full flavored beer. So some of our beer styles started to tame back a little bit, and products like All Day come out, um, which are appealing to a broader audience. And I, I felt it's the great thing about doing something for 20 years. You, you, your gut can kind of lead your way, lead your way um, through some of the, the, what you need to diagnose. And it was probably around eight years ago that uh, my gut just was like, okay, this this thing is shifting this mm-hmm. this wave is is building and momentum is is starting to build and i knew that there was going to be a whole new set of consumers coming in and that that happened 
you know, that year overnight almost. It was just like all of a sudden craft was cool. Everybody was talking about craft. There's Beer City USA. There's uh, and just the momentum took off. What did you do at that point? Did you stay the we, course or did you expand your product? Yeah, we we um, we we built a brewery just a little bit before that. Um, we went through about a forty million dollar expansion um, and really just ramped up and created some products too that would appeal to a broader audience mm -hmm. but we've also maintained our what is the core of what founders is which is we we are still a highly experimental brewery mm -hmm. um, we have a very loyal cult following uh, we have products that people will wrap twice around the mm -hmm. block standing in line to purchase so we we stayed true to our roots and who we were but we just ramped up capacities and, and, and also started to bring out some brands that were, were appealing to a broader audience. And that is what took us from, you know, I want to it was 2000, we finished 2007 with 6,000 barrels. So fast forward, you know, roughly, you know, 08 is when we really started to take off. So eight years later, we're 420,000 barrels. Were you worried at all about um, losing any of the... Uh sort of the, the mic shtick. the micro the <laughs> stick if you will i mean yeah uh, i mean how do no. you preserve the culture if, if, if you will yeah it's um we've been spending a lot of time uh you know talking about this with our with our team we have almost 500 of us now that work at founders and wow it's alive and well i mean it, it's crazy but the culture people are seeing that as weird as this sounds, that we could change the beer world. I mean, I, I get up and I talk about why can't the next biggest, the next most respected brewery in America come from the craft world. And I wholeheartedly believe, and this is what we're designing, um, to go after that. I mean, Bud Miller and Coors, they've been losing market share mm -hmm. for decades. Mm -hmm. um, they're not going to get that back. It's not going to come back. They're not going to. America isn't just going to all of a sudden start demanding Budweiser. Would you ever t entertain a, a ownership um, offer from a big brewery like that, um, or would that would, is that just no? A because I, th what I'd like to do is is go fight that war. Quite mm -hmm. honestly, mm -hmm. so what what is intriguing to me and adventurous you know in my mind is to go do something that people aren't even thinking is is possible perhaps and that's how I started the brewery so you know to the core I'm an entrepreneur and I I, I like the race right probably more than the finish line right, so right. I just want to keep keep down that adventurous path and that you know as I talk to our team I'm I look at it and say you know I can remember when, when, when our customers came into our bar 20 years ago and they had little kids. Well, those little kids, we are now <laughs> serving at the bars. And those kids grew up seeing mom and dad's fridge filled with craft beer. Mm -hmm. There was no Bud Miller mm -hmm. or Coors. Mm -hmm. So we have this whole new generation coming up that um, did not was not exposed to big domestic brands. And they know that these big breweries know that and that's probably why they're interested in our space but um i want to draw a line in the sand and say okay. let's go get it yeah what's your best selling um beer this year um all day ipa is by far our biggest 
mover. Okay. It's sixty percent of our production. So and that's an ongoing. And um, it's a year-round product. It's been out for um, really probably four or five years. I would say you know we've ha- we had it earlier than that, but real distribution probably about four or five years, and it's. Um, it's it's lighter. It's four point seven percent, so it's actually got less alcohol than a Budweiser does. But it's full flavored, so the consumer is really starting to gravitate towards give me a good tasting mm-hmm. beer, um, but I also don't want a nine percent mm-hmm. beer. So we've kind of found a sweet spot there. Biggest beer mistake you guys ever made in terms of uh, yeah a concoction that just um, did not take off. Well, we always make mistakes. I tell everybody if 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 we're forecasting at a zero percent variance and if we're not screwing up then that means we're not trying hard enough we're not challenging ourselves so i'm proud to make mistakes um we have plenty i'd say one in particular was uh, a brand called noble lager we brought out probably two years into our startup and this was kind of a poke at the big domestic brands Mm -hmm. um it was flavored that way and uh you know our, our beer geeks at that time thought, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> so it fell flat on its face. It was a little too early. Yeah, you yeah. know, now I think you can bring out, Kraft could bring out these lighter beers yeah. and, and compete with the domestic brands at their level. Um, I would certainly hope that we still make the beer with a little more flavor, though, than what, what you find in the, in the bigger domestic brands. But, yeah, that was a, that was a blunder. Last question. Where do you see um, the industry of craft brewing in the United States 10 years down the road? Um, I see craft brewing continuing to grow. Um, I see it very regionalized, uh, very local. Uh, We have, I think when we started, there was maybe 500 brewers. There is now, you know, we're 6,000, you know. Most, an overwhelming majority of the 6,000 are pub brewers, local little, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of, providing that service just in a very you know local even parts of towns um, right. so they function more as bars probably than distributing manufacturing companies um, so I see that trend continuing to grow which only kind of weakens the knees of the big domestic mm-hmm. players because they, they're on they need to satisfy the country on a mass scale so I think um, that continues to slide big beer continues to slide and small beer continues to grow. Um, it will become a competitive landscape. Mm-hmm. It is getting harder for us to sell, you know, beer in California because there's a great little local brewery, you know, providing it. So, well, great. Well, thank you so yeah. much, Mike Stevens Certainly. of Founders. For me. Fight the good fight. We will. <laughs> <laughs> we will. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Middle Market Growth Conversations. Subscribe to the podcast in the iTunes store and look out for our next episode in two weeks. In the meantime, visit middlemarketgrowth.org to read more stories about fast-growing middle market companies and the people behind their success.